How can I know God is real? What does the Bible say about politics? Why does a good God allow suffering? If you have questions about faith, life or culture, don't be afraid to ask. This This is Ask with David Dean. G'day everyone, Dave Dean here. And our question for the week is, what is blasphemy? The word blasphemy has its historical origins in two Greek words, which refer to injury and talk or speech, respectively. So jamming those two words together, blasphemy has something to do with this idea of speech that causes injury. Now, just up front, there is the association of blasphemy with this unforgivable sin in Matthew chapter 12, this sin against the Holy Spirit. That is unique, and I think that would be an episode all on its own. So I'm going to leave that to the side here as we consider what is blasphemy more generally. Well, today, many of us are familiar with this word blasphemy or to blaspheme. And I confess for a long time, I thought that blasphemy meant simply just speaking out loud the word God or Jesus Christ in ways that had nothing to do with him. For example, if I stub my toe and yell, Jesus Christ, or if I retweet some amazing footy try with the hashtag OMG for oh my God, you know, I was thinking that was tantamount to blasphemy. And that's not entirely incorrect, but it's certainly not all that blasphemy encapsulates. You know, for hundreds of years, people have thought that blasphemy is simply referencing God in this kind of way. Indeed, that's where we get the words gosh and golly from. They date back to the 1700s as inventions or euphemisms for God. Um, And even today in some Jewish circles, it's still common practice to write the word, you know, G space or underscore D in reverence of not wanting to actually misuse the name or referring to God. But as I got thinking... This idea of blasphemy as simply taking God's name in vain or using that word or associated words in inappropriate ways is problematic when you think about it because which name? I mean, there are so many different names for God in the Bible. In the Old Testament, we have El, which is not strictly a name for God, but an ancient Semitic title or reference to the God. We also have in the Old Testament as well an extrapolation of that word Elohim, which is used over 2,000 times to refer specifically to the God of Israel and a few dozen times in reference to other pagan gods. But where El and Elohim are generic titles to refer to a deity of some sort, the ancient Israelites themselves had a specific name for their God, not worshipped anywhere else in the ancient world, namely Yahweh, revealed in Exodus 3, 12 through 15. And by the 3rd and 2nd century BC, that was then changed into Jehovah uh, as a common alternative for Yahweh or Adonai as well in the Hebrew for Lord. So we start to, you know, do the math here. There are many different names for God in the Old and New Testaments. Now, all of that to say, it got me thinking that perhaps blasphemy is something more than just saying the name of God or a name of God in the wrong way. So first, let's back up and consider the biblical concept of blasphemy. When we turn to scripture, this confusion is really sorted out for us. The idea of blasphemy as taking the Lord's name in vain, it comes right from the Ten Commandments recorded for us there in Exodus 22 through 17 and also Deuteronomy 5, 6 through 21. Here the Hebrew word vain can simply mean empty or nothing or worthless or essentially to no good purpose. In other words, the instruction isn't about superstitiously avoiding the name of God or various cognates thereof but about using or taking up or bearing the name of God for empty, nothing, worthless, no good purposes. Okay, but what's an example of that? Well, we have many cases of this in the Old Testament. 
such as the cursing of God's name in Leviticus 24.16 or falsely swearing by the name of God in Leviticus 19 and Hosea 10.4 and others, or speaking falsely on God's behalf, such as false prophets, Jeremiah 23.25 and so on. So the question of whether one is blaspheming, it really depends on the purpose or goal one is in using the name or appellation to God. So is it okay to drop OMGs? Well, from these examples, and again, there are many more in Scripture, there seems to be an emphasis on the intention of why and what and how we're using God's name or a reference thereof. That is, using God's name, whichever name we choose, both deliberately and directly in a way that distorts the truth about who he is and what he has done. Now, you may say, OMG, David, I don't have anything like that in mind when I drop my Jesus Christs or oh my gods. But that's just the point. The Bible records these instructions for us that we would have them in mind. If there is only one true and living God, then yeah, let me say that careless use of his name or reference to his being are irreverent at best or insolent at worst, irrespective of whether one is intentional or ignorant in that use. So, again, is it okay to drop OMGs? Well, it does depend on intention, but at the same time, I would just caution people from using and referring to God haphazardly. And the reason I say that is because Christians of all people, we should be concerned for the glorious and holy character of God. So in that sense, it seems really quite inconsistent for a Christian to be speaking, even unintentionally or ignorantly, in conceivably irreverent terms. I mean, we know God in Jesus Christ in a way that is so much more intimate and personal than a throwaway one-liner. And I might add as well here that we know God in such a way that is so much deeper than political agendas or social agendas of a kind. And just to give one example there, it's been really quite sad to see how Christianity has been embroiled in the COVID debates here in Australia. I mean, there's been pretty absurd ways that people have mixed up the Christian message with speculative theories. I'm thinking of one particular famous placard that was splashed all over the news that read, quote, the blood of Christ is my vaccine. I mean, what I learned from that sign is two things. First, the person who wrote the sign doesn't seem to understand what the blood of Christ is or represents. And therefore, the second, the person holding that sign is in error of misrepresenting the blood of Christ, which is to say they are guilty of blasphemy. 1 Peter 1, 18 through 20. For you know that it is not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. That is the true meaning of the blood of Christ. There is no comparison or contrast to be made with a COVID vaccine. Now, who am I to sit here and make such judgments, right? Well, I'm nobody in particular, but this is Matthew 15, 18. Jesus himself who says, what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. Misuse of the name of God, whether intentionally to drive an agenda or in ignorance, not recognizing what it is that's been said, does reflect something of the human heart within. Second, what's so significant about God's name that we should take heed? Well, the writer of Proverbs tells us, quote, a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. You see, all of us have names, and names are incredibly important because they are what position and orient us within this world of things, referencing our identity and thus conferring meaning, dignity, worth, and deep cultural, familial, historical significance. In other words, names are personal. 
they reference who we are and what we do. While they aren't our being, they don't embody us, they nevertheless represent our identity in being who we are. Reciprocally, that's why when we neglect to refer to someone by their name and choose instead to say, call them a dog or a number, we are in some sense depersonalizing them. And when we depersonalize someone to a thing, we can then use them and consume them and abuse them. When referring to or naming God, therefore, we are speaking of his being such that to speak of God is in a sense synonymous with speaking of his godness, his nature. And this really helps us to understand why, for example, we pray you know, in Jesus' name or sing what a beautiful name or declare over some stronghold by the power of Jesus' name. 1 Chronicles 16, 10, 29 and 35 reads, Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Say also, save us, O God of our salvation, and gather and deliver us from among the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. So that is why, friends, taking the name of God in vain is so significant. We need to take care that we don't appeal to the being of beings for a cause that has no relevance or significance to him, because that is to misrepresent who he is. Do you have a question about Christian beliefs, theology, doctrine, philosophy or culture? Don't be afraid to ask. Go to drcdean.com forward slash ask. That's Dean with an E.